back to the Anime 7 Newscast. It's your favorite host with the most. Sam the Bomb. That's right. It's your girl with the Anime 7 Podcast. And I'm here to bring you the news. Also, I'm going to preface this by saying if you hear Trisha in the back, she's sick and coughing and sneezing. And it's that time of the year and things are getting colder. And also... That's not an invite for you to be coughing and sneezing in the back. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> hold it in if you can, woman. Anyway, uh, no, everyone, put your hands in the air like you're giving Goku spirit energy, but just give it to Trisha because she's been feeling like poopy all day. So that time of the year, man, it's October fourth, twenty nineteen. It's fall. We in the fall now. We start in the fall season. And we just did our summer review, and that was really hype. Like, summer season was really hype. And I feel like fall season is going to be pretty hype, too. So that's exciting, man. I got a lot of non-anime news. I got a, uh, I, and I got a, you know, a lot of anime news. I got a big piece. Not a big piece, but just like a, a an opinion piece at the end of the non-anime. And then I got a, a thing at the end of the anime, too, of course. Okay, so let's get into it. We'll take a little break in between. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's start off with the non-anime news. Um, but first, I gotta... Dude, this is one of those times, like... You know, there's... As we're getting older, you know, people in my generation... So, born from, if you're born from, like, you know, 85 to, to 95, you know, people in my generation... Like, a lot of the people we grew up with or grew up listening to, whether it's watched on a movie or a TV show or listened to a music are getting are like old now, you know, and they're passing away and it's just really sad. And freaking one of my favorite musicians passed away. Uh, her name was Kim Shattuck of The Muffs. They were a really awesome like punk rock band and she was awesome, dude. She was the bassist and one of the lead vocals and she was 56 and she had been battling ALS. Um, for the past like couple of years, so they literally just released an album too. Like she recorded that album through the pain, and even played a couple of shows through the pain. And the the last the these last couple months has just been really hard on her, and like she lost the battle with ALS. It sucks, and there's like still it's like a, it's one of those mystery diseases, and it's just really shitty. So. People are like in you know people the, the people in my generation that I looked up to are like they're starting to, they're getting older they're passing away it sucks you know so shout out to all of them shout out to all the people who inspired you know us when we were kids and this episode of the newscast is dedicated to Kim Shattuck of the Muffs and I'm really sorry to your family and your bandmates this one's for you girly I love you thank you you inspired me to pick up the bass you're one of the people to inspire me to pick up the bass that's for sure there's a lot of people who did honestly but. Let's do it. Let's get into the fucking news, shall we? Here's the non-anime news. Death Stranding's baby will communicate through PlayStation 4's controller. So, like, the the, the story of Death Stranding is, like, I don't know. I haven't read too much about it. All I know is that, like, the big thing, one of the big things about it is that there's no life on the planet, and there's this baby, and it's, like, it's it's precious to life, and you're pretty much, like, carrying around this baby the whole time playing fucking Norman Reedus' character, who I already forgot the name of. But 
the baby will make noises and communicate through you through the the speaker of the 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 controller and kind of like the you know remember how the Wiimotes had like things like speakers in them and shit like and also the death stranding special edition comes with a cool like freaking death stranding controller also but um oh sam the, the protagonist's name is sam but yeah the b the baby is called bb in the game and it's gonna make you know a bunch of baby noises and you're gonna hear it through the microphone which is really cool technically right because like you're carrying the baby and like your whole the controller is the closest speaker to you you know and when the baby makes noises or coos or cries or whatever you're gonna hear it right there so i just thought that was a fucking neat thing death stranding is a very we've been hyped for this game for a long time now and not like you know in the last like six months we've started seeing more and more and more footage of it and it's just looking really sweet uh, i want to put that a little bit towards the end because that's some big shit free super mario maker 2 update adds the ability to play with friends online create with buttons in handheld mode so that's pretty freaking cool if you're big on mario maker 2 um that's what's up free update adds the ability to play with friends online create with buttons so i i'm guessing now that that's going to be a thing people are going to start making like really hard levels centered around like having two people and that would be really freaking sick like that would be super awesome uh, I'm going to say that towards the end because that's part of like one of my opinions of the non-anime news there. Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to PC in November if you're one of the PC Master Race people. Rockstar Games has announced that Red Dead Redemption 2 is hitting the PC platform on November 5th. For a limited time, it's also giving away games if you pre-purchase Red Dead 2 through the new Rockstar Launcher. The PC version features both graphical and technical upgrades, new bounty hunting missions, hideouts, weapons, and other additions. Players interested in Red Dead 2's online portion will find a more fleshed out experience thanks to the recent addition of the Frontier Pursuits update for Red Dead Online. The free update adds the Bounty Hunter, Trader, and Collector Specialist roles, which you can rank up through experience earned performing tasks related to your profession. If you pre-purchase the game via Rockstar Launcher on October 9th through October 22nd, so that's just like next week till like towards kind of close to the end of the month, you can pick two free PC titles from the following list. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3, uh, GTA Vice City, GTA San Andreas, Bully Scholarship Edition, LA Noir Complete Edition, and Max Payne 3 Complete Edition. Honestly, dude, I would pick Vice City and San Andreas. Or I would pick, actually, I'd probably pick San Andreas or Bully, and Bully. Like, those games are, are 10 out of 10. Those games are sick. So, yeah, dude, check that out, dude. Rockstar Launcher, I don't know. That's a whole other fucking game launcher you're putting on your computer. If you don't already, like, I have Steam and uh, Battle.net, obviously, for, like, Overwatch. But I remember when, like, it came to playing, I think me and my brother were trying to play, uh, what was that game? Pirates? The one that came out? Or something like that. I freaking forgot. But, like, you know, you had to have the fucking one launcher. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking put another whole launcher on my fucking shit, man. Stupid. Iron Man VR hits PSVR in February. Iron Man VR was announced in March and has looked promising ever since. However, while we've gotten our hands on a small demo for the game, we've been eagerly anticipating playing the full release. During today's Marvel Games panel at New York Comic Con, Marvel revealed we'll finally have the opportunity to play on February 28th. IGN reports the panel, which is not being streamed, also included the game's first story trailer. We'll update this story once the trailer hits the internet. Iron Man VR launches on PSVR February 28th, 2020. You can watch the 
story trailer for that. It's called Iron Man VR, and that's on there. Uh, actually, that's on the IGN YouTube. You can watch that there. Mario and Luigi. Have you ever? Okay, have you guys ever played the Mario and Luigi games? Because they are super friggin' sick, dude. Mario and Luigi RPG games are the like seriously some of the, like the illest Mario RPG games. Like obviously. There's not many Mario RPG titles. There's there's Super Mario RPG, which is on Super Nintendo. Then there's uh, Paper Mario, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Then there's the Mario and Luigi games. And the Mario and Luigi games were like... Ah, oh man. The, the battle system in each of these Mario RPG games are just so awesome. But the Mario and Luigi ones were super sick. Like, doing the team attacks and doing timed team attacks and all that stuff. The, the, one, the, the dev for those games, Alpha Dream filed for bankruptcy recently the financial research firm taikoku data bank revealed on wednesday that game dev alpha dream began bankruptcy proceedings with the tokyo district court on tuesday the developer is 465 million yen in debt as of the end of march 2018 uh in american dollars that's four million dollars a little over four million dollars Income reportedly dwindled in recent years, and the company accrued a heavy financial deficit. The company was unable to pay its debts and unable to recover through its projects. The developer is well known for the Mario and Luigi RPG series of games. The developer also produced three games in the Hamtaro franchise, as well as Bowser's Inside Story and Paper Jam. Oh, that sucks, man. Because they were they were awesome. They were an awesome dev team. They partnered with Nintendo to make these games. I honestly... I just... I still want a sequel, like a proper sequel to Super Mario RPG and Legend of the Seven Stars. Although I guess you could say that the that the first Paper Mario game is kind of a sequel to that because it deals with the Seven Stars also. But it's just like, nah, like I want to see Gino and Malau again and like, I don't know. I, I the, If you've never played the original Super Mario RPG on Super Nintendo, you really should. It's super sick. It's, I might like... I might do a replay of that game soon. The game is so friggin' dope. Uh, New Guilty Gear game trailer reveals previews May and reveals Axel Lowe at the very end. Dude, I'm so excited for the New Guilty Gear game. Seriously, dude. Looks super hype. And they released, like, uh, the full song for the, the, I think it's called Bullshit Blazing or whatever. It's, yeah, it's such, such a sick song, dude. Uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari is awesome. Pokemon Company corrects statement from Game Informer article that new Pokemon games would have 18 gyms. So, like, I saw a friend earlier on Facebook saying uh, that the company was, that that the new Galar, or Sword and Shield, Pokemon Sword and Shield, that the Galar region would have 18 gyms and that you would have to conquer, like, at least, like, all of them or something like that. Or you would only have to conquer eight of them, but you could pick and then go back to the other ten another time, or something like that. That's that's not that's not what it is. It's <laughs> they had to, Nintendo had to like go up to like Game Inform. They had to release a statement to Game Inform and be like, "Yeah, you guys got that wrong." And apparently, that was um, a mistranslation on the publications part, so Game Informer's part. As the Pokemon Company International has stepped in to correct the original story, in an official statement, the company clarified that there were there are indeed 18 gyms in the Galar region. However, they exist to contribute to the background setting of the story. As in previous games, there are only 8 gym leaders you'll be able to take on, though they will be different depending on which game you choose. 
So, I mean, there's there, basically what it is is that there's 18 gyms, but you can only take on eight of them. So the other 10 are for like background settings or they may belong to a, a character you meet in the, and you know, another NPC you meet in the story or whatever. So for those of you who were hyped to take on like, you know, 18 different gyms, that's not what it is. Sorry. <laughs> that sucks, man. Uh, Magic the Gathering reveals My Little Pony crossover set for charity. In what is potentially one of the most unexpected crossovers around, Magic the Gathering is getting a collaboration with My Little Pony. A three-card promotional set called Ponies the Galloping will be available after this month with all net proceeds going toward Extra Life to benefit the Seattle Children's Hospital. These silver-bordered cards will be sold alongside matching playmats on HasbroPulse.com starting on October 22nd as well as four digital card sleeves available in Magic the Gathering Arena. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's, so basically it's, it's three, the, they're three legendary creatures that you can, that you purchase. Um, they're not any more cards than that. It's just these three. Um, one is a unicorn, the un- which is the character Rarity. Um, the other two are alicorns, which if you don't know what an alicorn is, that's a unicorn with wings. Uh, Nightmare Moon. And Princess Twilight Sparkle. Um, they're legendary creatures. I don't... It doesn't say whether you can use them legally or not. Obviously, you can make EDH decks with these if you want. But they're pretty cool. I mean, for for the all the, the MLP fans out there, it's pretty awesome. Plus, if you buy them, you're putting them towards uh, charity. You know, uh, the Children's Hospital. Um by the from the company Extra Life. If you've never heard of the country, uh, or the company or organization rather, Extra Life, they they are powered by Twitch and they are partnered in a beneficiary partnership with the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So they're awesome. They're always like doing stuff. You can go to their website. You can check out if there's any streams happening for Extra Life. Follow them on Twitter. So I mean that's pretty cool. If you buy these cards. They go towards that. So for all the bronies out there and the what do you call the what do you call the femme MLP fans? I don't know. But like all the I'll just say this. All the equestrians, how about that? You know, that's pretty freaking cool. And if you play magic, you should just buy these because they're collectible anyway, right? So I mean they're a special kind of card. I would I would assume that they're gonna be somewhat collectible. Um The King's Man. First look photos debut at New York Comic Con. 20th Century Fox celebrated its upcoming the King's Man with a special panel at New York Comic Con. The panel featured appearances by director Matthew Vaughn and stars Ralph Fiennes, uh, Fiennes Harris Dickinson, and Jamon Hanzu. Uh, the King's Man, I believe, is supposed to be like uh, the third film in the Kingsman franchise. The King's Man will serve as a prequel to the first two films. It will follow Ralph Fiennes' Duke of Oxford as he forms a secret intelligence agency to stop a collection of evil masterminds from killing millions. So it's basically about starting the organization of the Kingsman. If you've never read um, Secret Service or the King Secret Service of Kingsman, um, it they are a Millar World comic. They're by Mark Millar. They're fucking sick comics, dude. I have never seen the movies. Um, I have not read all of the comics either, but they're, I've read, I think I've read some of the Kingsman ones and I've read some of the Secret Service ones, but you know, seriously, you should read them. They're awesome. Birds of Prey, man, the Birds of Prey trailer dropped and it actually looks kind of sick. Like 
Birds of Prey, if you don't know what Birds of Prey is, um, Birds of Prey is uh, a DC Comics team. And it's, it's, it's originally a partnership between uh, the Oracle, a.k.a. Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl, um, and Black Canary. And then they started the, the Birds of Prey team. Um, but this movie, the Birds of Prey movie, um, actually centers around uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. And she joins forces with the Black Canary and the Huntress to save Cassandra Cain from Gotham City. Or, or no, to save Cassandra Cain from the Gotham City crime lord Black Mask. There we go. So... Some of y'all might be kind of confused on like the the DC extended universe films. I kind of am, to be honest with you. But after reading some stuff, it's pretty. I can kind of figure it out. You can actually just go to the Wikipedia page and see. It starts with Man of Steel, and then Batman vs Superman: John of Justice. Then it's Suicide Squad. Then Wonder Woman. Then Justice League. Then Aquaman. Then Shazam. So, and then obviously then now this one, and then I think, I believe the next Suicide Squad film is also going to be part of that. Uh, the one that James Gunn is doing. I don't know what that film is going to be called, to be honest with you. Oh, The Suicide Squad. It's going to be called The Suicide Squad. <laughs> the, it's like Fast and Furious and The Fast and the Furious. Um... Yeah, so it's going to be the upcoming ones are going to be Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, The Batman, uh, The Suicide Squad, The Flash, and Aquaman 2. I don't know if this Flash movie is going to star Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, like like in Justice League. To be honest with you, they could be doing a multiverse thing. I don't know. But anyway, the Birds of Prey movie actually looks kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Then again, I said that about, you know, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League, and those films are, like, they're okay. They're just not done like Marvel films, in my opinion. Um, Speaking of Marvel films, Martin Scorsese says that superhero films and the MCU films are not cinema. A bunch of people lost their minds, (laughs) of course. Like, a bunch of nerds lost their minds and stuff. Uh, you know what? I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't one of those people who kind of lost their mind. And it's not that I don't agree with what he's saying. He just kind of says that they're more of like a spectacle. They're more of a theme park, that kind of thing. At the same time, it's kind of ignorant of you to say that I went to go see Spider-Man Far From Home expecting some fucking super deep Oscar winning whatever the fuck you call it. You know what I mean? Like, psychological experiences to another human being, emotional psychological experience to another is something he said. He said, I don't see them. I tried, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can in the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional psychological experience to another human being. And the way I took that statement is that, is that that's all cinemas are supposed to be. They're supposed to be some kind of fucking deep emotional con- an emotional psychological experience of a character and some deep like character study of whatever this whatever that cinema is all kinds of things okay it's b-movies it's action movies it's it's the kind of movies he makes it's the kind of movies 
James Gunn makes. Speaking of James Gunn doing the Suicide Squad, he retweeted uh, an article that that had that Martin Scorsese thing on it, and he said, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that I am saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. And then he said after that, that being said, I will always love Scorsese. Be grateful for his contribution to cinema and can't wait to see the Irishman. By the way, if you have not seen the trailer for the Irishman, holy fucking shit, dude, that looks fucking amazing, dude. Fucking they fucking CG Robert De Niro to look all young and shit. Oh, that is fucking crazy. dude. Fucking crazy. Anyway. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with what Scorsese says, like about those films. Like, obviously, I'm not going to fucking the Avengers Endgame to expect like some super deep emotional thing. Even though it was emotional, it had some really good scenes in it. It had some really good cinematography, and it had some really emotional parts to the story. Um, but I'm not going to see some fucking deep psychological character study of peter parker you know what i mean like that's just not what i went to that film for i went to it because it was part of it was the ending to a bigger part of a bigger story it was a big superhero film i'm into comics a lot of people are into comics a lot of people are just into those films who aren't even into the comics they're just awesome they're just a big fun fucking movie so it's just like it just seemed kind of stupid to say that films are supposed to be this super deep psychological whatever and i don't know seem kind of ignorant in my opinion that's just my opinion i i'm not just i say that as a scorsese fan and a marvel movie fan and a comic movie fan so take that how you want it we already had a dis- conversation about it in the discord if you want to continue that conversation with me you are more than welcome to because uh, i love movies i have a lot to say about movies all the time uh so here's my two big things at the end here okay Blizzard outlines virtual ticket goodies, New World of Warcraft-themed Overwatch skins included. You don't have to attend BlizzCon to get some of the show's exclusive items. You just need to purchase the virtual ticket for 50 bucks. So if you don't know what BlizzCon is, BlizzCon is exactly what that is. It's a convention for Blizzard stuff. It's fucking awesome. Um, and it's going to be... that Blizzard is going to be 25 years old. Or no, Warcraft is going to be 25 years old. And... It's, it's going to be awesome. BlizzCon 2019 is going to be huge. So it's going to be sweet. And one of the things they do for BlizzCon... I don't I actually don't know how long BlizzCon has been going. But I do know that at, at least in the last like like six or so years, seven or so years, since it's been a thing, um, and since streaming has been become a thing, there's a thing called BlizzCon Virtual Ticket where you buy a virtual ticket to the convention and you can experience like a lot of the things to experience as if you were there. Not everything, of course, like obviously it's not this actual same as being there, but having a virtual ticket is really cool. And also it's not like, it's kind of stupid, right? It's like, Oh, that's dumb. Like why would I pay a ticket to go see wrestling when I can just watch a Monday night raw from my house? No, it's like, it's not like that. Cause like when you buy a virtual ticket, they give you stuff. You, they give you almost pretty much all the goodies that they would give you if you went there. So it's pretty cool. Like you get exclusive Overwatch skins, you get community night, you get to enter a bunch of contests, you get virtual loot for, for games, like for Heroes of the Storm, for Overwatch, for Warcraft. So to celebrate 25 years of Warcraft, Blizzard is adding two World of Warcraft inspired skins to Overwatch. With the virtual ticket, you'll get the cool Illidan Genji and Tyran Symmetra legendary skins. 
In World of Warcraft, the virtual ticket gives you the Murloc-fied faction leaders Finduin and Gilvanis. You also get a Windigo Woolies outfit, Heroes of the Storm nets you a BlizzCon spray and portrait, and a Celestial Deepcrawler mount. StarCraft 2 is getting three Brood War era skins and portraits, and Diablo 3 is giving players a pair of wings. In Hearthstone, Blizzard is giving out a mysterious golden legendary card as well as BlizzCon 2019-themed card backs. Blizzard says more details will be announced at a later date. BlizzCon 2019 runs from November 1st to November 3rd, to November 3rd in Anaheim, California. So no matter what Blizzard game you play or what, you know, if you play all of them, you get stuff. Like, you get stuff all the time. Virtual tickets, it seems weird, right? Like, it seems stupid. Like, oh, why would I pay for something that I'm just watching? You know, like, it's not the same. No, it's seriously. Like, obviously, like, you we, like if you don't have the virtual ticket, you can still watch trailers and other stuff they reveal on YouTube later. But having a virtual ticket, you can experience a bunch of stuff without having to go, and you get a bunch of goodies. So, that's awesome. Here's my big piece for the 9 anime news. I saw this article about Magic the Gathering Arena and some other shit. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that article. What I'm going to talk about is I fucking hate virtual card games. And when I say that, when I say that, what I mean is I hate... And, and actually, I should say with the exception of Hearthstone, because Hearthstone is actually a sick game. Like, Hearthstone, I feel like if I played Hearthstone on the table physically, it would feel weird. Because it was created and made to be a virtual card game. And there's a lot of mobile card games out there right now on your on your iTunes or whatever that they are kind of just generic as hell. They're stupid, whatever. I'm not talking about those. Those are obviously trash. Um, I'm mainly talking about card games that started physical and now there are now virtual versions of them. I think they're dumb. I think they're super dumb. Magic the Gathering Arena looks like us like I don't know if you've ever seen the gameplay of it or the user interface of it. It is just a rip off of Hearthstone using magic mechanics. That's all it is and magic cards. That's all it is. It's it, it seems like just serious trash to me in my opinion. I think that's just hella stupid. I would rather just play Hearthstone and then f- bring my magic cards to a friend's house or to the store and just play magic like that. Like, that's just me. Like, I I hate being elitist about stuff because no, <laughs> I don't like fucking elitist crap. Like, okay, like, I mean, we I just talked shit about Martin Scorsese just a second ago being elitist. But, like, this is one of those things that I'm okay with being elitist on it's, or hipster on even. Like, it's just so stupid. Like, I I love technology. I love I, – I'm normally not one of the type of, like, fucking boomer people to be like, oh, all these kids and their technology and their Facebook and their Twitter. I'm racist. No, I'm not one of those fucking people. Like, I'm not. I, I'm, I am 100% opposite of that. But this is the one thing that I have boomer opinions on about virtual stuff. Like, I hate that. Like, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all those card games, I I just happen to personally enjoy or think they're way better being physical. The virtual versions of them are dumb. I buying packs for these virtual versions are dumb. Like buying virtual what are you buying? Like you know what I mean? Like it's like 
I don't know. Like it's from like you could say, well, Sam, you 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 bought this for when you played Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, or you you paid five bucks to get five loot boxes on Overwatch. That's different. Like, sorry, that's completely different. That is completely different. The this the Magic Arena and Pokemon cards online and shit is dumb because I would the cards are real physical cards. I would rather just have the real physical cards and play them in a real physical fashion with my f- physical friends. Like, you know what I mean? It's just stupid. I don't know. I, I don't know why I felt the need to talk about that on the news today. I just, like, saw this article about how Magic the Gathering Arena is, and it said, doing digital right. And I'm like, no, I disagree. You're doing digital wrong. I'm just going to go play Hearthstone. Fuck you. Stupid. Sorry. That was a fucking stupid rant. But, like, it's just, like, I don't get to rant about shit very often on here, so I thought that was funny. Anyway, uh, before we yell anymore, let's take a quick break right here. As always, links to AnimeSummit.net. You can find everything right there. I have to talk to Quoke about putting the Patreon link on the link tree because he hasn't yet. But I want to give a shout-out to all the patrons. You guys are fucking awesome. Become a patron today. You get episodes early. You get the patron-exclusive Discord channel. Um, you get exclusive vlogs. I'm going to start doing exclusive Discord streams to patrons only and all kinds of other just patron only things like and I, I'll do what I can for you guys until we start rolling out um, some stuff I will say this I will say this we have some new designs being made for merch and the patrons are going to get first um, fucking peeks at those for sure for sure and you guys are going to be the first to buy some too for sure. If you want, you you guys will have earlier chance to buy them if you'd like. Okay, so keep an eye out for that. You didn't hear it from me. You heard it from Puff Smokey. Okay, here we go. I just want to give you an update on this. On in before we go any further, um, I want to give you an update on KyoAni. Um, they closed their physical store um, until March 2020 as they're trying to figure out stuff. They also came out and said. That they are literally not using any donations that were made to the the any donations that were made to them directly or were made to the Sentai Filmworks uh, GoFundMe or the whichever thing that you donated to. They're not using any of that money for uh, their work. They're using it purely on human resources and that is just fucking amazing that's super sick like obviously obviously like people donated to help them in any way they they needed it right whether it was towards the you know their work or their their you know their shows or whatever they do or whether it was for hospital bills or whatever but they have came out and said any donations that we get or have gotten from any of the the the, the outlets are going to be purely for lifting up anybody who was affected by it. So it's going to go to the families, it's going to go to the victims, 
the the deceased families it's going to go to everybody resettle into 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 life after this horrible tragedy and that to me is just <sighs> QAnnie is one of the 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 few studios that have um they're they're well known for how they treat their staff and and well known for how they take care of their staff and how they take care of people and so like it's not surprising to hear that that's what they're doing but it's just like fucking amazing like and and it shouldn't be surprising right because you hear about how awesome they are all the time to their staff and to their partners and stuff like that and it's just really awesome it's really cool so, so that was, I just wanted to say that, mention that real quick. And also the thing about the store being, the physical store being closed till March, 2020, there's obviously they've canceled some fan events and everything like that. They're still recovering and checking out everything. They're trying to figure everything out. And, um, uh, it, it they're canceling the first two planned events for the KyoAni and do fan days, 2019. Um, so they're still going strong. They're still, they're still, uh, working things out and doing it all. And honestly, I, I honestly don't care what they do at this point. I just want them to get back on their feet. And if 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 five months from now they come out and say, you know what, we're not doing these shows anymore, I would I wouldn't even care. I mean, I, I wouldn't care if any other studio did for whatever other reason. You know, obviously it hap- shit happens. But for Kyoani, like, I just want everyone to get better. I think that's what we all want, right? Like, we all fucking want that for sure. Uh, here we go. Speaking of this, so this next thing I'm going to talk about is a little weird, and I haven't read too much about it, but Zayla posted this article. There's a couple articles here that Zayla posted that I'm reading for right now, so shout-out to Zayla. And uh, also shout-out to Undercover uh, Newscaster and Anime Summit Mod, uh, Raging Aztec, a.k.a. ARA. Um, He's always my undercover dude. Like, he sends me news in the DMs, so to, to ensure I have a better chance of saying it on here before people post it in the fucking in the fucking thing it's, it's fucking funny man i love that he's awesome thank you raging a second shout out to zayla again so this is one that zayla posted and it says yutaka yamamoto is crowdfunding maho shoujo tachi anime film inspired by kyoto animation arson so that just seems like I, at first i read that i read that headline and i was like okay that's uh that seems a little tasteless right but i don't know so Yutaka Yamamoto, he's known for doing Full Metal Panic, Full Metal Fumafu, uh, The Second Raid, Fractale, and Wake Up Girls. He launched a crowdfunding campaign for the new anime project Maho Shototachi, which is a tentative title. Aims to be a dark fantasy. The project's key visual below shows Yamamoto's inspiration, the arson attack on Kyoto Animation in July of this year. Yamamoto states that he wants the film to change anime and send a message to others in the industry. Further, Yamamoto stated that he could not forgive the evil madness that caused him the loss of a friend and is seeking to defeat it through animation. Oh, okay, okay. The project is live right now on Campfire, which is a Japanese crowdfunding website, and is seeking 10 million yen, which is about 92,000 U.S. dollars, so about $100,000, and it will end in 28 days. Funds will also be used in producing a two- to five-minute pilot, that will be completed in April 2020. As of this time of writing, the project is 22% funded. Previously, Yamamoto had successfully funded Hagupo, exceeded in 15 million yen goal, raising over 21 million. It premiered in Fukushima on May 24th before being screened around Japan on June 21st. Um, 
so you know i that's reading that that actually it sounds really 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 crazy so he one of the people who who passed away in the attack was it was a homie of his was a friend of his so maybe this is his answer to that this is his way of getting his grief and feeling out over about the whole ordeal and that makes that makes a lot of sense i mean we as artists i know me as an artist you know, we see things, things happen to us, and we are journalists in that matter, and we report it back through our drawings, our paintings, or our song, or our animation, you know? So, I mean, that that kind of makes sense. I kind of, I can relate to that a little bit. I, I almost wonder, is the key visual for it, it looks like this, it's like this anime girl, it almost looks like an oil painting. It's like this anime girl in the middle with fire all around her. And she's got this dark look on her face, the shadowy look on her face. Her eyes are glowing red and she's got these angel wings and she's flying right in the middle of this inferno. It looks kind of, it's a pretty sick visual. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very interested into seeing what that will entail. That looks pretty crazy. Um, my coach, I don't know if you're, if anyone here is a fan of fashion. I, I used to be really big into fashion. Now, not so much. I haven't been that much into it lately. Um, I kind of should get back into it, though. I love fashion. I, I fucking love it. But anyway, Coach, if you know who Coach is, they do a lot of stuff. Uh, they they're do designer clothes, designer purses, all that stuff. Um, Coach partnered up with Michael B. Jordan for their Naruto collection, a limited edition collection inspired by the world of Naruto for Naruto's 20th anniversary. And you can shop now on coach.com. <laughs> it, it's not surprising, man, because Michael B. Jordan has very, very, very loudly been an anime fan. Um, even his Eric Kilmont, one of his Eric Killmonger outfits in Black Panther was lightly inspired by Vegeta's Saiyan armor. Um, not the the first one he wears, but the second one he wears, like in, you know, the Cell Saga and all that stuff. It's pretty much the main armor he wears all the time. Um, yeah, dude, it's 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 <laughs> it's really awesome. I, if I didn't love Michael B. Jordan enough, right? Like he's oh my god. First of all, he's man candy. Second of all, like he's just the biggest fucking otaku. He's so cool. I love him. I love it when. When people who are, like, famous or celebrities, you know, like, show that they're into anime, like, it reminds everyone that they're human and that they're into nerdy shit, too. And I just, I'm into that. I love that shit. Uh, High Score Girl 2 voice actors try out the PC Engine Mini. That's pretty cool. There's a video on it. You can watch it on uh, YouTube. It's going to be heading to Netflix and premieres on October 25th. Um, so I don't know when it's coming. I don't know if it, it's coming to Netflix on the October 25th or after that. But, um, yeah, dude, no, the first season is on Netflix right now. So, I mean, if you want to get caught up before it comes out, um, you definitely should. It's definitely going to be one of the ones I'm watching this fall season. But if you remember in the first, if you've seen it, you remember in the first season, there was a big part where, um, there was a couple of episode arc where he was, the main character was obsessed with the, the PC engine and he saved up a bunch of money to buy the PC engine. And yeah, dude, it was awesome. Yeah. PC engine mini dude. It's, it's pretty cool. Like I love the PC engine. It's a great system. Um, speaking of high score girl, 
Creator Rensuke Oshikiri says he's working on a new new High Score, Score Girl project. High Score Girl manga creator Rensuke Oshikiri revealed at a talk show last Sunday that he is working on a new work for High Score Girl, although he chose not to reveal anything further out of concern that it would make it harder for him to draw. He mentioned that he had originally planned to start work on it this year, but he has still not started. He did, however, reveal that it would have a completely different feel from the first generation. So I don't know if it's it might be a spin-off, maybe it follows a different character that we meet along the way or some other kind of thing. But yeah. That's I if you haven't seen or read High Score Girl, it's it's awesome. Here's some more upcoming hype. This is this season actually. Food Wars season four anime's English subtitle trailer streamed. This is going to be friggin' crazy, man. I am so excited for the fourth plate of Shokugeki no Soma. It's gonna be so sick. It's one of my favorites. I, as I admit, as I admitted earlier on this <laughs> this week on the summer episode, I am a shonen. I am the shonen bitch. I totally am owning that now. I own it. Okay. High dive to stream second seasons of Grand Blue Fantasy. We never learn. Boku Ben and uh, Card Fight Vanguard and some other stuff, man. So, uh, you know what? I've been hearing a lot about High Dive, and I really, I wonder if you guys think we should do. Uh, uh, I, I kind of wanted to do a podcast app with Danny and uh, Nick and whoever, Mac, about, like, re- like we review VRV or High Dive or whatever. Like, and, and I've been seeing a lot of people talk about VRV and High Dive, and I saw someone on the Discord. I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot who, they, who said it, but somebody in, in our Discord said, man, my favorite is, my favorite thing right now is High Dive. And I'm like, damn, I really got to try that. Like, I've been using Hulu a lot because they simulcast a shit ton of anime on Hulu, which is really helpful since my Crunchyroll expired this past summer. Um, shout out to you guys like who bought for my 28th birthday. They bought me a year of uh, uh, Crunchyroll Premium. But now that I have Hulu, like I can pretty much watch a bunch of stuff that um, Crunchyroll would have anyway, so it's awesome. But yeah, no, High Dive. I got to try out High Dive. I really want to try out High Dive for sure. Uh, speaking of Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll to stream Woodpecker Detective's Office Anime in Spring 2020. Uh, Crunchyroll announced at New York Comic Con Friday that it will begin streaming the television anime adaptation of K.I.E.'s Woodpecker Detective's Office. Uh, they described the story as it is the end of the Meiji era of the genius poet Ishikawa Taku, Takuboku, who is struggling financially, starts a detective business out of his lodging in response to a certain murder case. He calls it the Woodpecker Detective's Office. The ghost of the 12-story tower in Asakusa, the man-eating figure who wanders the streets of snowy nights. Takaboku involves himself in one bizarre case after another with his hometown acquaintance, Kindaichi Kiyosuke, as his assistant. Other literary men such as Nomura Koto, Yoshi Asamu, Higaru Sakatoro, and Wakayama Bokosui are also dragged into Takaboku's exploits as he races all around Tokyo at the height of westernization. Yeah, man, it's going to be like a mystery anime like that's pretty cool like i'm excited for more dude case if it's anything like case closed i'm gonna be into it for sure um yeah dude kai or kaylee published the novel's first edition of the regular tenkoban format through tokyo so again shot 1999 and hell yeah dog hell yeah and they also crunchyroll is also adding kono super god's blessing on this wonderful world legend of crimson screening on november 14th so that's a hype as shit i'm excited for the kono super movie it's gonna be dope Toonami premieres JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind anime on October 26th. Hell yeah, dude. More anime on Toonami. 
I, that's all I care about, man. More anime on Toonami is what matters right now. And also, on One, One Punch Man Season 2 is going on Toonami. That's going to be super sick. They revealed the dub cast for some of the newer characters. Um, Greg Chun as Garo, Alan Lee as Suryu, Bill Millsap as Giorgioro, and Jason Marnocha as Orochi. So that's pretty cool, man. Those actors are cool. Carolyn Tuesday's anime's second half debuts on Netflix Worldwide. On December 24th, the official Twitter account for Carolyn Tuesday anime announced on Thursday that the show's second half, episodes 13 to 24, will debut worldwide outside of Japan on Netflix on December 24th. The show's final episode aired this week in Japan. Yeah, this show finally finished, and the reason we didn't review it when it began airing and then when it finished, like on this recent summer impressions or summer review app, is because we knew it was coming to Netflix and we want to do like another Netflix episode. And I think we're also, I think we're going to do like a Netflix episode where we watch like two or three different Netflix animes, probably maybe two at most and like do a whole Netflix app on that kind of thing. So we might do that. So, but yeah, I do definitely want to talk about Carolyn Tuesday. Like Carolyn Tuesday is fucking sick. Like it's pretty cool. What I've seen so far, obviously I, I put it on hold to watch other things. Um, and cause I knew it was coming to Netflix, but yeah, dog. Uh, Muranase Sento Gaku, an animal romantic comedy manga, gets anime. Uh, I <laughs> it's fucking weird. It's it's this live action movie or it's this game. I don't fucking know. It, it's but it's getting an anime adaptation. The anime is collaborating with the following companies: uh, African Safari Park, Gunma Safari Park, Chiba City Animal Park, the Tenoji Zoo, the Tubu Animal Animal Park. The survival of the fittest animal romantic comedy manga pictured below takes place at a school for animals where the students' curricula centers around the idea of survival of the fittest. The lone human in the class who hates animals and the lone wolf girl in the class meet and their nonsense nonsense academy life begins. I mean, it's all about animal plays Johnson's. I'm into it. Like, What the hell? Let's get into it, you know? Shit. Shit! But yeah, dude, it's called uh, Muranase Sento, Senton Gakuen. Uh, and it's a romantic comedy. Funimation to release new Yu Yu Hakusho OVA with subtitles in English dub. Funimation announced on its Yu Yu Hakusho reunion panel in New York Comic Con on Thursday that it will release the new Yu Yu Hakusho OVA, including the two episodes Two Shots and All or Nothing, with both English subtitles and English dub. Justin Cook and Christopher R. Sabat, who played the characters Yusuke and Kazama in the earlier television anime dub, participated in the panel and indicated that they will return to their roles. That is fucking exciting. Shut I'm excited for that, dude. That is fucking sick. Oh, you know what? That'd be sick if they played it on Tsunami when it comes out. Like, oh, my God. I got to watch these because fucking hell yeah. Didn't they do another OVA recently also? Or am I am I tripping? Am I tripping, son? There was that other OVA. There was another. Or is this the same one? I'm not sure. Tell, someone tell me on the Twitters or Discords, okay? Crunchyroll launches Gundam Merchandise Partnership. Crunchyroll announced on Tuesday that it has launched a partnership with the anime studio Sunrise and advertising agency Sotsu Company to manage the merchandise rights for the five Gundam franchise series in North America, South America, UK, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. The series include Mobile Suit Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, Gundam Zero, Double Zero, the Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, and... Oh, nope, that's it. The partnership will offer merchandise, including apparel, bags, accessories, home decor, furnishings, lifestyle items, and food. Hell yeah. 
The Sunrise has an ongoing partnership with Right Stuff to release anime in the Gundam franchise, and the latter company has released various installments on home video. Speaking of Gundam, dude, I really got to fucking watch uh, Gundam The Origin. Like, I'm excited for that. Like, I, it's, I think it's on Hulu also, Gundam The Origin. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, if you, so one of the new animes this season is called Kimono Michi Rise Up. And it's basically that like isekai where the wrestler goes to like another world or whatever. Um, there's this, I don't know what YouTube channel this is, but you could just type in Kimono Michi, um, or uh, type in, uh, Sasadango Machine on youtube and he basically is did he it's like a little promotional thing for the anime and he teaches you how to german suplex people <laughs> he's like how can you german suplex people like the character from kimono michi here's how <laughs> like i just thought that was hilarious man it's pretty funny um uh, oh you know what i'm gonna say this alongside this piece New York Times announces new graphic novels bestsellers. The New York Times newspaper announced on Thursday that it will begin publishing several new bestseller lists, including new combined monthly bestseller lists for graphic books. The list will include fiction, nonfiction, children's, adults, and manga. The newspaper stated that the lists are returning due to continued reader interest and market strength. The monthly list will begin publishing online on October 2nd and in print October 20th. Pamela Paul, editor of the Book and Review, stated that the new monthly graphics books list combines the format as it exists across all platforms, hardcover, paperback, and digital, in order to represent the range of ways in publishers create. So that's pretty cool. That being said, Dragon Ball Super ranked number 14 on that list. The sixth volume of Dragon Ball Super manga by Toyotaro ranked number 14 on the New York Times graphic books and manga bestseller list. This media shipped the book on September 3rd, and this volume, this is, what volume is this? I'm sorry, I just fucking said it. Oh, the sixth volume. Yeah, dude, the Dragon Ball, this is the, where they announce the Tournament of Power, and they're gathering people to, uh, to be on their team, or whatever. So yeah, dude, Akira, story, it's written by Akira Toriyama, so all this shit's canon, yo. And the art is just done, done by Toyotaro instead of, uh, uh, Toriyama himself. My Hero One's Justice Two game announcement trailer previews new playable characters. I don't really got much to say about this shit. All I gotta say about it is this: don't make anime fighting games like this. Please do not. Please stop. Like I'm just not a fan of these 3D fighters. Like, like these these Shonen Jump fighters that come out, like Jump Force and the Naruto Ninja Clash Ninja Storm ones. The One Piece ones, this, the My Hero One Justice game, and this new One Justice game. It just, like, those 3D fighters suck, dude. Like, if you're not making them, like, Dragon Ball fighters, that's just not worth it, in my opinion. Like, I just, I don't know. I, maybe call me a cynical bitch, but, like, I just, like, I'm just not into it. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why make these lame 3D fighters when you could make ones like Guilty Gear or Dragon Ball Fighters, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, shit, I would even play it if it looked like Street Fighter Five. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I, I, I'm i being an elitist bitch today. I, I'm on one today. I'm so sorry. I'm being such an elitist fucking crab apple today. I'm so sorry. But, like, I just, like, I don't know. Like, I just, 
there's a couple of ninja, Naruto Ninja Store games that were actually super sick, but I don't know, man. It just seems it just seems bad. I don't know. It seems dumb. Seems lame. Okay. Zombieland Saga idols head to India in Curry Meshi anime music video. Um, it's like all the 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 girls and they're dressed in Indian garb and it's um it is a food commercial for this uh these curry instant noodles and i don't know if these are like i know india has their own uh you know brand of they have all kinds of instant noodles and shit over there um but franchocho idols dive into the instant meal and are transported to a magical version of india the (laughs) that's that's pretty funny i mean it's really cute like i love when they do when they use anime to do commercials like i don't know it's really fucking cool it's, <laughs> it's like kind of like how you in america here you see um there's car commercials and food commercials that are that are powered by like you know marvel cinematic universe stuff or things like that you know what i mean or game of thrones commercials like the oreo the game of thrones oreos you know like i don't know i i imagine it's like that in japan but they use anime obviously because anime is big over there i just think it's really cool i think it's cute uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes anime second season trailer to preview second film. There's also going to be a film. Um, I, you know what? I don't know if Nick is even still watching this one. I think he watched the first season and said it was good, but I'm not sure. I, I'm, I can tell you right now that I personally was not into it. It was really boring, but there is going to be a movie, uh, coming out alongside or not alongside, but after the second season. Seven Days War anime film trailer uh, reveals theme song by Sanu Ibuki, the official Twitter account for the anime film of novelist Osamu Soda's Bokuru no Nano Kensenso, Seven Days of War, or Our Seven Day War. Novel began streaming a new trailer for the film on Thursday. The trailer reveals and previews the film's theme song, Kesson Zenya, Eve of Battle, by Sanu Ibuki. Um, the mystery story and social satire begins on the day before summer vacation. When every boy in a first-year class of downtown Tokyo Middle School disappears, was it an accident, a mass kidnapping? Actually, the boys hold themselves up in an abandoned factory on the riverbed. With the support from the schoolgirls, the boys start a revolution against the adults from its liberation zone. The new anime film shifts the settings to Hokkaido in the year 2020. Uh, Yeah, dude, I have no idea what this movie's about. I saw the trailer for it today. Um, Well, obviously, I know what it's about now. I just fucking read it. But, like, I don't know. Um... Uh, apparently this is based on uh, uh, a live action film from back in the day. So yeah, and it's based and it was a novel that was written in the eighties. So that's pretty cool. That might be cool. Uh, Levius sci-fi boxing anime reveals eight cast members. The staff for the 3d CG anime series of Haruhisa's Nakata's science fiction boxing manga Levius revealed the anime's cast on Thursday. Um, I don't know, man. This looks like a serious ripoff of Megalobox. Like it's, it legit like the it's these it's going to be a Netflix thing too. Netflix describes the anime in an age where devices are powered by steam, technology that fuses body to machinery makes cyberboxing fights immensely popular. A young man named Levius is drawn into these fights through what can only be destiny, but his talents will be what determine his future. So like. 
yeah, it's almost like they wear like gears. Like the, this, like I'm looking at the main character, and he's got this thing going over his right arm and then partially over his left arm. This guy's got a big thing going around his chest and both of his arms. This guy looks exactly like the villain, or not villain, but the the. I mean, he kind of is the villain. The the guy from Megalobox, um, except with blonde hair and a stupider, goofier haircut. But he's got like robotic like arms going around in front of his chest a little bit and through his back. This is Megalobox ripoff. I don't know, man. I don't know. It looks fucking weird. It looks stupid. It looks dumb. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, oh, yeah. We already talked about this, right? We talked about this a couple of newscasts. So Super Robot Wars X coming to Switch PC on January 10th. Uh, PC via Steam in English. And, oh, Switch and PC via Steam in English. And Southeast Asia on Thursday, January 10th. Dude, I'm excited for that, man. I'm going to see if I'm, I'm going to cop that. Hell, yeah. Zoids Wild Zero anime reveals theme song artists and more cast members. Oh, man. What was that? What was that Zoids anime? It was the one before this one. It wasn't very good is all I remember. Like, because we, like, nobody talked about it. Oh, Zoids Wild. So this is the sequel to that one. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I... It's it's not very good. <laughs> like it I heard it wasn't very good at least. Like it was really just cheesy and out there. Not like the originals at all. I mean my my favorite Zoids, honestly, is the is the um I forgot what the name for it is, but there's Zoids, the original one where it's like um it takes place on Planet Z and there's like war a war happening with the Republic and some empire. Then there's the one where I think it's called chaotic or Zoids chaotic or whatever, or something like that, where it's like they're there. It's kind of like G Gundam where there's battles and you battle an opponent with Zoids. And that one is the one I like. I like that one, dude. That one's fucking sick. Uh, speaking of uh, famous people who are like into anime and shit like that, Brendan Yuri was doing a live stream. Um, on Twitch, and uh, if you don't know who Brendan Yuri is, he's the well, he I should say he is Panic at the Disco. He Panic at the Disco back in the day when I was growing up, they were a four piece uh band, uh, they were a four piece uh, I could you should I would say emo emo rock band. Um, now Panic at the Disco is just Brendan Yuri making uh alternative pop uh rock music. And uh, anyway, he streams on Twitch once in a while. Um, he streams him just hanging out in his studio, uh, singing, and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, you you can find the 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 vod on Twitter, or you can find it on YouTube, I think too. But he uh, starts he turns on Garenge by Lisa, which is the opening to Demon Slayer, and he's like singing along, dude. He's like, man, this song is like fire. I love this song. It's it's really great. I <laughs> anime fans who happened to watch the stream live were surprised and delighted by Yuri's passion. One Twitch commenter wrote, "My weeb heart is bopping its booty shaped body." <laughs> Yuri, Yuri regularly plays popular music during the outros of his video game streams. Uh, the Garenge clip has gone viral on social media as Yuri's enthusiasm for the song is clearly evident in how he sings along with it. Um, if you don't remember. Um, on last newscast, I had said that it went platinum, and it's the second most downloaded summer 2019 anime theme song. 
uh, on the music download site Mora and was yeah certified platinum. So that's it's a it's a dude. It's a really catchy song. It's really like I don't know, man. It's really cool. The guitar in it is really cool. It's awesome. Keitoru Arika's SSSS Gridman spinoff manga both launch. On October 26th, the November issue of Kadokawa's monthly comic Alive magazine revealed on September 27th that both Keitoru's Himeta Samurai and Neon Genesis Junior High Students' Diary manga will launch in the magazine's next issue on October 26th. Both manga are part of the spin-off projects announced for Studio Trigger's Man. Hell yeah, so Himeta Samurai will center on the Samurai Caliber and a girl named Hime Kazuki who has been entrusted with Caliber's fifth sword. The manga will have a color opening page. And then the Neon Genesis Junior High Junior High Students Diary is centers around the four Neon Genesis High students. So that's going to be cool. I hope maybe they'll make an anime based on those. That would be sweet. Weathering With You film sells over 10 million tickets in Japan. This film, by the new film by Makoto Shinkai, has been doing crazy. We're going to have to bring Quokka back on the podcast to give us a new Weathering With You weekly update because apparently this movie is busting the balls right now. Shinkalion anime films trailer unveils theme song guest cast on December 27th. Um, if you don't know what Shinkalion is, it's basically Transformers, except all the Transformers are bullet trains, including the Ava Unit 1 bullet train these are actual bullet trains in tokyo by the way like these are actual fucking existing bullet trains in japan and one of them because japan has the ava unit one bullet train um that is one of the transforming bullet trains in this anime which is pretty crazy but yeah that's pretty sick uh ooh, new thunderbolt fantasy theatrical works third promo video streamed the film will open in Japan October 25th. If you don't know what Thunderbolt Fantasy is, it's the greatest anime of all time. Fuck you. Go to hell. Go to hell. Um, okay, so here's the two big things I got. I realize that I've been going on for a long time. I just realized. Um, but New Pocket Monster Anime reveals dual protagonists. November 17th premiere. The latest episode of the Pokemon Sun and Moon anime series revealed more details on Sunday for the new anime series in the Pokemon franchise. Um, the title is the same title as, so it's called Pocket Monster. The title is the same title as the original 1997 Pokemon anime series. The new series will feature two protagonists, Satoshi or Ash, and the new character Go. Go's partner Pokemon is the starter Pokemon High Bunny or Score Bunny from the upcoming Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Um, the new anime will premiere on TV Tokyo and its affiliates. And the tagline in the below of the key visual reveals dreams and adventure to the world of Pokemon. Let's go. Um, I think I'm pretty sure this is the anime that we talked about a couple newscasts ago where it was going to go through all of the regions again. And now they're adding this new other MC Kuhn alongside of Ash, which in my opinion is like, okay, just fucking let go of Ash, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, the the goes also he also has a uh, a Rotom Pokedex, but yeah, like remember that we talked about it and it said that the new anime was supposed to like travel through all the regions again, including the Galar region, and 
if you look at the key visual for this one, it's got Ash and Pikachu in the front and Go and Scorbunny in the front. And it's like a it's like a Pokeball in the middle. And all around the Pokeball is different buildings and landscape areas that represent each region. So like the top part is like Kanto and going down to the left, it's it looks like it's Johto with the with the, the burning tower there. And then right here, we're, we're looking at Hoenn with the volcano. We're looking at the fucking Glacier Mountains with Dialga and Palkia on it. And then Unova with Zekrom and whatever. And then Alola right here. And then Galar right here. Like, it, like you can tell. It's, like, very distinct that you can tell that it's all the regions and shit. So, yeah. The new series... Oh, yeah, it says it right here. The new series will feature all the regions covered in the franchise so far from Kanto to the Galar region. So, I mean, Ash did just win the the Alolan Championships. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, I was kind of hoping this new anime was going to not be about Ash. <laughs> and it was going to be like an actual, like, like Pokemon Origins. But, I mean, this is kind of exciting. Like, I wonder what this is going to be about. I mean, obviously, I think it was it was kind of one of my theories that the Sword and Shield games were going to be the last Pokemon games for a while since, you know, we're kind of hitting the kind of the end of the road for Nintendo for a while. I think even for for PlayStation and Xbox also, you know, the Xbox One, the PS4, and the Switch are both the top systems right now. Just all, they're not even like competing with each other. They're just coexisting with each other. And I think, uh, that being said, the next Pokemon game is probably not going to come out for a while after Sword and Shield does. And I think this is the the anime's way of kind of uh, going along with that as that happens. You know what I mean? Because they're going through all the regions again. And yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what that's about. Maybe I'll watch a couple episodes of it. Um, here's my big piece, okay? And I don't want to take too long on this because this newscast is already over an hour long. Oh, man. I always try and say that I'm going to be quick about these, and I always end up talking and talking and talking. Um, new data shows roughly one-third of all anime studios were in financial trouble during the year of 2018. While the news isn't news for the industry, the news isn't new for the industry, data pulled from 256 animation studios in Japan shows a tally of 30% of all studios were struggling financially for all of 2018. Some reported as high as 52% loss of revenue in specialized sectors. Research by posted by Japanese financial analysis Teikoku Data Bank have revealed most anime studios were struggling last year. So if you don't know Teikoku Data Bank, I also I just mentioned them earlier. They were also the people to uh, make public that uh, the studio dev team that did Mario and Luigi games uh, reveal that the Alpha Dream had filed for bankruptcy. Some speculate that the KyoAni fires caused a massive loss of human resources, loss of production materials, and led to increased amounts of loss for the fiscal year. What does this for what does this mean for this year's reports once they come viewable next year? Only time will tell. Um I do think that the loss in KyoAni probably contributed to that number in some substantial way. I don't think it was that much though. Because every the, the, I mean we even when we were doing the news on the podcast when Nick would gather news, 
like he we would be talking about it probably every like probably once a month we had some kind of article talking about the industry in some fashion or another struggling whether it was they were low on animators or that they were they were doing a shortage of having a shortage of writers or something you know what i mean there there was a voice actor who left one talent agency went to the other i think it's a combination of a lot of things and i I don't think there's really anything specific to talk about here um, except for that. It's, it's probably just daily human struggle. It's everything. It's, it's uh, the shortage of writers, shortage of animators, animators going on strike. Cause they're not getting paid enough voice actors going on strike. Cause they're not getting paid enough. They're not getting enough jobs. So they leave the industry to go do something else. The Keoani fire was probably another fucking big thing. That was a really shitty thing that happened. You know, I think it's a culmination of all that. You know, it's 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 it, it, that's just that's just legit industry struggle. Uh, why I'm making it a big piece at the end of this then? Because it sucks. It's it's really shitty because it's been like that, man. It's been like that all over the world. Me as an artist, not in a podcast fashion, because I think as a podcast fat in the podcast fashion, I'm doing pretty pretty good. I think anyway, in, 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 uh, but in the drawing fashion, the drawing and animation fashion, it's hard. It's really hard. It's super, super, super duper hard. I, being a freelance artist is, is not easy. It's almost like, so like you ever watch those couponing shows and you see like the mom, like doing couponing and they go to the fucking grocery store and they they bust out all the coupons and they basically pay for $500 worth of groceries they pay like 2 bucks or there's even episodes where they 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 play the system so perfectly that the store ends up having to owe them money like and people and then I remember when that couponing thing blew up here they were like there were people all over my social media was like man how do I do this how do I do this how do I do this and dude, it's not that easy. These women, these moms out here, and even oh man, I saw one in this one episode. It was these it was these uh these two guys. They were married and they one of them had like a full time job and then the other one stayed at home with the children and he spent fifty hours a week clipping coupons, man. Like it was it's a full time job to be a couponer. Like you can't like, <laughs> like a lot of these people who were married, like whether they were stay at home mom or dad or whatever, stay at home parent, they were, they were spending 40 hours a week finding the deals, finding the coupons. Anyway, my point is this, to be a freelance artist, that's basically what you have to do. If I, but I, I have my day job, you know what I mean? So like. My day job takes a lot of my time and my podcast takes this time. And I bet you that this podcast would, you know, probably accelerate a lot quicker if I don't, if I, you know, devoted all of my time to it. You know what I mean? Like as with anything that you have to build on your own, that is a form of entertainment, whether it's arts or television or a writer, you're a streamer or a YouTuber or a TikToker or a podcaster, you you if you spend 40 hours a week on anything like that you it's gonna it's gonna go fast it's gonna accelerate fast you know and it's hard 
But in terms of the animation industry itself, it's always been like that. Even the animation industry here is really hard to get into. There are so many animators who want to get into a studio and it just doesn't work like that. Like it's, it's not as simple as graduate high school, go to college for animation and then get a job. It's not, it's not anything that has to do with like entertainment media or, or arts or graphic design. It's not, it's not as simple as that. It's, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like business or becoming a doctor or anything like that. Like it's, it's, it's not as simple as, you know, go to college, get the degree, get a job. It's not, you have to like work 40, 50, 70 hours a week, honing your craft and marketing yourself and all that stuff. It's regular struggle. You know what I mean? And I think my, my big point is, sorry, I fucking rambled about fucking couponing for five minutes. But <laughs> like the, I'm saying that the animation industry in Japan seems to be going through that struggle and that sucks. And if there's any way we could help out, I would definitely figure out a way and relay that to you guys. Hopefully doing this podcast every week is would help, I would think. Right. Because. The more we report to you guys what animes to watch and how much of these animes to watch or whatever, the more we're just trying to spread anime love all over the world, you know, and that's my hope anyway. And also, my hope is also be also be a good podcaster, obviously, but um, I hope that my podcast is, you know, or I'm sorry, our podcast, it's ours. It's all of ours. And I hope that we are helping in that situation, even if it's just a little bit. Because to hear that that an industry that brings so much joy to people is struggling is just a crappy situation. So hopefully for 2018, uh, Teikoku Data Bank will give us a, a more positive report on how the industry is doing. That being said, that was a really fucking long episode, and I am really sorry. <laughs> But I love you guys every every inch of my body. I love you. Every inch of my heart, every breath I have. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for listening every week. Um, go to patreon.com slash anime summit. Become a patron today. And go to links.animesummit.net. You can find all the links right there. You can find our Twitter. You can join our Discord. Join the conversation. Be part of our community. Become part of this this family in, in our podcast, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love you guys. And uh, that being said, I've been Sam, and this has been the Anime Summit Newscast.